Thank you, Kurt, for starting that applause for us. I always depend on Kurt Lively, right? Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. What a blessing to be here. It's it's a new year. It's 2022. Uh, we we had the and by the way, now you see why the older women train younger women. When you saw that video, yeah. you know, one was loud and screechy, and the other yeah. one was calm. So training's still going on. Is still that what going you're on. Okay. There's still a lot of work to be done uh, there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh, I wish you could have seen, Mike, the uh, text chain that was going after we saw this video among the marriage refresh team. We felt like Trey was a little, that, that may have been the real Trey there. Didn't it look like some real <laughs> anger? Although I have to say, we had a debate going about throw pillows. And I'm down on throw pillows. I can tell you that right now. So I've got so many. I'm just glad he's an electrician. It is true. Yeah, he doesn't have to call anybody to fix it, right? So we're so glad you guys are here today. What a blessing uh, to celebrate the new year. It was a 40-degree drop, uh, Bromley's right. I don't know why we're all sick all the time, do you? I mean, go to bed at 75, I wake up at 35. That can't be good for you. And yet we're here, right? Uh, we got our scripture reader today, Sullivan Stokes. Would you come on up, Sullivan? How about welcoming Sullivan? She's a, come here to read our scripture today. It says here that you love singing and being outdoors. Is that right? Do you like to sing outdoors? Oh, probably not. Okay, good. It's all right. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message, the message of reconciliation. Thank you, Amen. Sullivan. Thank, Thank you, Sullivan. You. Sullivan, uh, I understand, was baptized last week. Uh, praise yes, the Lord amen. for that. Have yeah. a little round of applause for that. So brand new, for sure, right? Hey, that's, that's, well, that's my, that makes for a great title of a sermon, doesn't it? It does. We should start the year off with that. <laughs> Or a brand spanking new, as uh, as uh, I used to hear all the time. I don't like the word spanking in many things, but it works there. It's okay. Yeah, it works pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so last week we talked about the resurrection um, and at the end of the book of Matthew. And so the idea about newness really resonates, right? Because not only do we recognize that Jesus was made new and glorified, which shows us we don't have to have a fear of the grave, but also when we're... Our new birth, we come forward in that spiritual resurrection, we also live a brand new life, right? We're new and we're made new. And so, uh, Mike, this week uh, you had an opportunity to understand the power of the resurrection in a unique way. Oh, that's right. And I want to thank so many of you uh, who sent me notes or cards, gave me a call, sent a text uh, in the loss of my uh, mother. I was able to, I drove up there Monday uh, uh, to visit her and got to visit her Monday. And before I got back into Monroe uh, uh, Tuesday afternoon, she had passed away. So it was a great blessing that I got to be there and uh, her. And then I, I did her, uh, I did her funeral uh, Friday. And so, so, uh, I, I, you know, I, people ask me, how can you do this? And I'm like, how can I not do it? You know, she's won a great victory. Uh, her days are over. Uh, that's uh, it's all part of our journey, right? I mean, who who are we kidding? Uh, we're all uh, not here very long. It goes by pretty quick. Ninety-two and a half years, by the way. 
uh, uh, she, I have the lamp, the coal lamp that she did her homework under, no electricity. She went from that to this Christmas day FaceTiming me. So, uh, that's a pretty big change when you think about it over the years. But, uh, regardless of what age or time this kind of thing happens, the great thing is there is a resurrection. And so there's better days ahead. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, well, we, uh, Mike and I were texting a lot, uh, earlier in the week and I told him that just what he said. I said, why wouldn't it be you? And I've wondered the same thing, you know, because the emotions of your parents and, you know, how will that be if, if to speak, you know, at their departing and their home going. But at the same time, uh, I wouldn't want anybody else uh, to, to be in that moment. Right. So, uh, Mike, what a blessing uh, that your family is for bringing you here and a part of this church. Mike and I, you may not realize this, Mike, this year marks 30 years ago I was hired by this church. Oh, and wow. you were here as a youth guy. And I didn't have a title. I still don't. Which is fine by me, uh, but what a blessing! Thirty years of working together, actually oh, thirty-two, because I was wow. in the and you know, that. and I'm still working on a job description. For yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> Thank y'all. Thank you for that. I figured you didn't mark that on your calendar, so I just wanted you to know <laughs> exactly in case you want right. to get me a gift or something like that. Well, you know, uh, to mark such an occasion. Al is the emotional uh, one that keeps up with everything, and I'm I'm the I'm not. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, your family, Gordon especially, uh, he is your family, right? Well, he mine. barely. Yeah. Uh, he, He's uh, hanging by a thread. He always accuses me of, you know, being a minimalist and not, not having any emotions. So <laughs> I said, no, Gordon, I laugh a lot when I look at you. So that's, I do have emotion. It's just not necessarily, you Mine's know. more sadness to yeah, think yeah, my Aunt Jan brought him into our family. Uh, we're going to be talking today about brand new. Uh, we're starting a new study in uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, this is going to be our sermon text uh, for the next uh, few months, and we're super excited about that. But we weren't quite finished with Matthew because it really launches us beautifully into our study of Corinth when you look at those last five verses in Matthew 28. So most of you are very familiar with this text, but if not, you can turn your Bibles to Matthew 28. By, by the way, I think it's a very good, good thing, Al, about challenging people to look and read. So many times when something is very, very familiar, we'll miss things in the text just simply because we don't go uh, read them uh, uh, like they're new again. And so uh, uh, I encourage you to do that. Uh, don't, just, don't just run by familiar texts because they're familiar. Uh, look at those words and see what they mean. And look, it's the same way for us. Uh, you know, we, I've taught most of the books that we're preaching through the last couple of years, Mike and I are. But every time I go back into the Word of God and I reread those passages and see that context of, of what that was, I discover something new every single time. And you know why? The, the Word of God is unchanging. It's unyielding. It's, it's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I change. And so I have new perspectives. And as Dave read this morning, I have wake up every morning with new mercies. And so when you approach the Word of God as, as an open student, Oh, Holy Spirit, what are you going to teach me today? You're going to learn great things. And it never gets old, uh, which is why we love being in the Word. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Remember, he had, he had appeared for 40 days. A lot of people had seen him. And so now was the time to go. And he's been telling them the whole time that he had to go. He's got to go back. He's got to prepare a place for them and for us. When they saw him... 
They worshipped him, but some doubted, which is amazing if you think about it. They had been with Jesus now for three years. They had seen many amazing things. They had been at his feet before. Now he's resurrected. You'd think that would remove all doubt, right? Some doubted. And what I love about that passage, Mike, is that because I've doubted over the years of my Christianity... But you know what? Even in doubt, we can still give praise and worship God. Amen? I mean, because he is the constant in our lives. And I love the fact that uh, he points this out in the scriptures because uh, the, the very fact that he uses men who have weakness gives me hope that maybe God can use me too. Exactly. That even in all my doubts and my mess-ups in life, uh, my mistakes, and even when I ought to, I've seen Jesus do great things, just like those guys. I mean, just look. They're not very far uh, from when they were denying him three times with Peter, right? right. And so uh, doubting men who have their own struggles get chosen to make a difference in the entire world through spreading the news of Jesus. Exactly. And so that, that does give us a lot of hope, right? And look, even though in Jesus knows hearts, he knew that they were doubting in the moment. And here's what he said to them. He didn't get on to them. Here's what he said. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All right, Al, before you read any further, don't you love when somebody interrupts you? I love it. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Especially when it's you. Yeah. All authority in heaven and on earth. Doubting men, what do they need to know? They, they can't do it themselves. That's right. Doubting men need to know the authority of heaven and earth is behind what they're fixing to do. That's what's going to give them the strength and ability and authority to go out with power. Uh, sorry, I couldn't help but just stop them. Just oh, a little bit of preaching jump there. Jump anytime you want to. So, <laughs> and it also shows you that nature of trust, right? You have to trust during those moments of doubt because you do know that he's all-powerful. And in that moment, sometimes when you feel like you're drifting a little bit and things are going well and maybe you suffered loss, maybe you're in the middle of some kind of major crisis, in those moments, more than ever, you need trust and you need to worship. Because mm. sometimes that's when we feel dry, right? We feel dry. We think, man, I have nothing to offer God. No, that's when you have everything to offer God in that trust in him. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. So this great commission, that's what's typically called the sending out. <laughs> it's the bedrock of the kingdom of God. Uh, it's uh, the thing we're going to do when we're converted and we're going to keep doing till Jesus comes again. We're not going to get off target. We're not going to get out of focus. We've we got to keep our mind right where God wants it to be. This is the WFR DNA. That's right. This is what we're all about. And we're going to stay all about the preached, baptizing, and discipling people. That's the goal that was given to them. That was the challenge. That was the commission. And it's what's been given to us. And it's what we have to give to the next generation. So we can never give up on that. I love the fact in this, when he says this, basically, literally says in the Greek, as you go. So wherever you're going, you make disciples and then you keep teaching them 
And he says you baptize them what? In the, in the name of. In the name of. You ever, if somebody knocked on your door and said, hey, uh, you know, uh, in the name of the law, what's that say? Authority. So he starts the passage with authority in the challenge and he ends it, he, uh, bookends this thing with authority. So the authority of Jesus is going with them. Uh, from the beginning to the end of their great commission as they go out, doubting men, yet men of faith, trusting in this message to change people's lives. And this is where they're headed. And who, man, can you imagine? You think they thought for a moment, they knew they had this commission to go out, that just in a few short years, the gospel will go into all the world. What an amazing thing to be a part of. And you're a part of that. You're a part of an adventure that gets to see men brought to Jesus, baptized into Christ, brand new, and join the family of God. And you know, you can see this one passage, it answers all the crucial questions. Why? Why do we do what we do? Well, because Jesus, his power authorizes us to go. That's the why. You know, it's important to know the why. So many churches, you know why they lose their way? You know why they shut down? They aren't effective and they become inward fighting? They forget about the why. You know, I have to understand the why. Mike's right. Our DNA is to go. And that's the where. Where? Go. As you go. There. Anywhere. You grow where you're planted. So many people have left here through the years. They come. They spend some time with us. They get some of our DNA and their spiritual being. They go to some other place and they thrive and they help some place grow. Why? Because they go, which is the idea. What do we do? We make disciples of whom? All nations, every ethnic group. That's what that text means. That's why one kingdom, you saw the video a minute ago, and every other thing we do is so important because we're not just concerned about Western Louisiana, even though there's a lot to be concerned about here. I love it. It's my home. But we're everywhere. I mean, there are people looking in today from all over the world being impacted because of WFR and because of our commitment to the Great Commission. How do we do it? We baptize and we teach. We help people understand what brand new is all about. And then we teach them how to teach others. That's the purpose of that. That's why I'm here, standing here 30 years later, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be standing before you. They'd have never turned me loose in the pulpit. But I was still impacting people. You don't have to be a preacher to do that. In fact, some of the best evangelists and people that win people I know, Mike, are not right. preachers. But they're people who understand the Great Commission. And when you go to Acts chapter 1, you see that's exactly what Jesus told them to do. You don't just stay in one place. It starts here in Jerusalem. But then it's Judea. Then it's Samaria. Then it's the, what, ends of the earth. It never stops. And he says, you're witnesses. You're telling a story. You're telling something you saw that impacted your life. And the telling of that story has power within it itself. But I, I don't have power, but the gospel has power. The word of God has power. And so you unleash something when you share the story of the death, burial, and resurrection. How much God loves us and wants us to be with him. It's a, it's a, it's a message that never changes. Even though all the, maybe forms of communication change, a lot of times things in our culture change, but we can never be a church that gets off message. WFR, we're about the gospel, 
and we're going to stay about the gospel and we're going to keep on sharing it. And, and as, as just like it's impacted many of you in this room, as you tell your story, it will continue to impact the next generation. So think about it, those 11 frightened, some doubting disciples go into an upper room in Acts 1. They're joined by another 100 plus people. And that's the beginning of the group that will change the world. And the world changed because the Holy Spirit came upon these people. And in power, they realized what their task was. See, it's not just a great commission, but that turns into the great community. Because it takes a community, right? And so Peter gets up and preaches that first sermon in Acts chapter 2. Then all of a sudden, that 120 is now 3,000 more. Dripping wet brand new Christians who are, yeah, that deserves a little applause. I, absolutely. That what praise God for that. Right. What a day that must've been, right? Cause now you're seeing it in action. You're watching this new community be born. And then man, when they were together, they, I mean, they didn't meet just once a week. Forget that. It's every day in the temple courts and they're praising God and they're sharing meals together and they're teaching and learning from each other. And all of a sudden we've got something new, brand new that started. And it's the church. It's the body of Christ. And 2000 years later, here we are still experiencing in the great community. And, uh, and thank you, David, for sharing the message about the, the Lord's Supper. The, we are community of people and we do take care of each other. And uh, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's gathering up funds for benevolence or whether uh, it's being at, at someone's house and praying over them, uh, uh, we are a forever family. And that's one, th- what's one of the reasons I love the fact that uh, a lot of our guys are doing some small groups now and getting some groups going again, because that helps create community. Right. You can't practice all the one another verses in the Bible sitting in these chairs looking at the back of somebody's head. Right. You can't practice that. But you can practice it with your feet under somebody's table. I was I was telling Al uh, uh, earlier about I always pick one word to emphasize for a funeral. The word from my mom was hospitality, because no matter what, I I, I could bring in four or five guys with me, and and uh, uh, we could all sleep on the living room floor. And next day she'd be fixing breakfast, or she would say, "Come on in." And it was always open for folks coming in and out of the house. And there was just that kind of spirit of hospitality. Hospitality. Hospitality creates opportunities for hope and for sharing of God's grace. And we'll never replace that by sitting, uh, even at a computer screen or in a church building, looking at the back of somebody's head. There's got to be other times in life that we practice those one another verses. And, and by the way, we're going to see in Corinthians, that's exactly what Paul did. In, in Acts 18, Paul, when the church was established in Corinth, this was a big part of what, you know, he, he, the first people he met, Priscilla and Aquila, were tent makers. So this was a work situation. And I'm sure through their discussion of making tents together, Paul, of course, shares within the good news of Jesus. They become Christians, but they don't just become some of the early Christians. They become some of the early leaders of that church. And so we see them invite this young, dynamic man named Apollos into their home, feed him a meal. And they teach him the way more adequately because he needed some training and some teaching. So what Mike described, what we're talking about in groups and Bible classes and us being together is that very thing. But it needs to be in your home as well. That's who we are. 
That's where people sometimes will be more open and vulnerable than any other time. And that's exactly what we see. And I'll talk more about that next week some, when we get into Corinthians. Some of the best fellowship I can remember, Al, is uh, <clears throat> your mom and dad opening up their house. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to do a lot of house churches down there in groups. And uh, back in the day when we first started groups, so uh, we called them house churches. Uh, and we had them all over the community. And uh, then we put several of them together every now and then. We, we called it. Remember what we called it? Pig out. Pig out. Uh, everything uh, around here has to do with food uh, eventually. Yeah, you got to. You know, right? That's the two things we're going to do in heaven that we do here. Mm-hmm. Eat and sing. That's right. And so I'm trying to practice them both here before I get there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But groups, we would get together for Big Pig Out and everybody would eat together and we would sing together and, and share and just, just have that time together and if there was a particular need we would just we'd just take money in a group if somebody had a need that we found out about and it was just that kind of community it's still that kind of community by the way and uh if you think it's not that's just because you haven't invested yourself in a group of people yet uh we need this kind of community and paul and them and aquila and priscilla they knew the value of that yeah, and that's part of the hospitality by the way there's nothing exciting about eating out of a box right now lisa and i are on two different diets and so we're eating out of two different boxes She's got her boxes. I got my boxes. The microwave's going. But when you were inviting somebody into our home, it's not very exciting to say, okay, which Nutrisystem box do you want? <laughs> right? Nah. So on those nights, we cook real food, right? And we'll figure we'll work it out in the end. I'm not sure how much weight we're going to lose, but hospitality has to be a part of who we are as a family. It's part of our community. The last thing we want to leave you with today is it's not just the Great Commission, the Great Community, but there's a great cleansing about being brand new. And I I love it because the announcements today, which was beautiful, that you guys turned that into a testimony and a witness of how your lives have been changed. And that's what the church is about. It's about a cleansing. Uh, Today, Kenny, where you at, Kenny? Kenny showed me his new choppers. You need to get a good look at those. Because God blessed him with a new set of teeth. You know what he told me this morning? He said, you know the best thing about these new teeth? I said, what is that? The way you can chew food? He said, oh, no. He said, the best thing is I don't look like a meth head anymore. (laughs) And I said, praise the Lord for that. (laughs) What a blessing, huh? When, When Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, and that is what some of you were. Right? But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and our spirit and the spirit of God. That's the beauty of newness. So we praise God for our brother with his new teeth. Because over time, God makes all things great when we're patient and when we trust him. But to do that, we have to realize we have to come out of that lifestyle. Kenny had never left that lifestyle, he wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be celebrating with him today. That is what some of you were, which means we have to come out of that life and into a brand new life. Remember, remember what it was like that day that you were baptized in Christ. Do you remember that? Maybe it was at a retreat or a camp or maybe your community group. Or maybe it was on a Sunday morning. And you got in the river or the baptistry somewhere. And you were nervous about it. Yet you were ready to make a change in your life. And you submitted 
to the first part of this lesson, being baptized into Christ, being a disciple of his. Remember what it was like? You could lay your head on your pillow that night and know without a doubt you were with God. Brand new. Because your sins have been forgiven as far as the east is from the west. And Paul wrote in Romans that God will never remember them again. Now, Satan loves for you to remember them and drag them around like a big weight behind you and can't help you. He wants you to hold on to shame. He wants you to hold on to guilt. And he wants you to hold on to the old life. But, but it's a brand new life. And some of you hadn't really lived life like it's brand new yet. You're still kind of dragging the nets behind you. Remember, the fishermen had to drop the nets to follow Jesus. Some of you are still dragging nets and it's getting hung up on everything you walk by. Drop the nets. Follow Jesus. Don't ever forget. This is what Peter wrote. He said, don't ever forget what it was like to have been cleansed from your past sins. Mm -hmm. Don't ever forget the brand new feeling, the brand new hope, the brand new birth that you experienced because of the gospel of Christ. And remember, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, this is one of the greatest men to ever live. I mean, you talk about the right training, the right everything. Struck down, basically commissioned by God to be the emissary to the Gentiles. At the end of 2 Corinthians, he said, my, he said in his, Lord, take away my weaknesses because of what, I don't know what I'm doing. Jesus says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So we understand what it is to mm-hmm. doubt. You know, one of the best things, one of the worst things about high definition cameras is when I'm, you know, when I watch our, when we preach Mike on, mm-hmm. on the screen at home on my computer, because we got some really nice cameras now and we committed to live stream. And the worst thing is it shows everything <laughs> bad. Everything bad. You know, I mean, every gray hair, every lump, everything, right? But the best thing about it is when I watch someone come out of that water. We saw it just a few weeks ago. A troubled woman, you could tell she went in there with troubles and she came out and said, you know what? Whoo, brand new. Mm. That's the best thing to see that. And we need that, right? We need that all the time as a reminder to who we are. Mike sent me a letter this week uh, from her sister, Felicia Kidd. And I asked her if I could share a little bit from her letter. Because there was nothing I could say better to close this lesson than what she said. She said, uh, good morning. Just wanted to drop a note of appreciation to you and all the elders and staff at WFR. Over 20 years ago, I came to White's Ferry Road. I was newly married, had a new baby, and I needed a church. God led me to WFR. From the moment I entered, I realized this place was different from any other church I had been to. So for about 15 years, I sat there terribly broken on a pew, which broke my heart when I read that, that for 15 years, she needed more than she was allowing herself to get. At the end of every service, I would run out of the building in record time to avoid people. We're all a little introverted, she said. Okay, maybe a lot introverted. (laughs) In those 15 years, so many things happened. My husband and I struggled in our marriage. 
I reached out tentatively, but I felt I got a lot of pray more, God's got you response. But after all, I had not built any relationships within the church with anyone other than the people I knew outside of church. Everyone felt so connected already, and I wasn't sure how to find my way into the crowd. Well, that changed 10 years ago. I was introduced to Celebrate Recovery, and it changed my life. I have relationships that bless my heart, and I'm not afraid to make new ones. I finally, despite being in church my entire life, I finally understand grace. The thought that living a life of holiness starts with simply loving God and loving everyone was mind-blowing. I found healing here. I found family here. I found hope here. And I found purpose here. All because I found Jesus here. I learned who God really is, and I also learned who I am in him. That all happened because of the leadership and hearts of the past and present people at WFR. And she mentioned some of our great mentors. The freedom to be flawed in a safe place makes all the difference. Thank you for making WFR the first safe place I've ever known. Mm. Amen. Amen. There's no safer place than with Jesus. Amen. That's why basic Christianity is always us becoming more like him and how we live. If we're the body of Christ as a church, then whatever Jesus was busy doing in his body on earth is what we ought to be doing as his body. Eating with sinners and tax collectors and, 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 and feeding the homeless and taking care of people who are crippled and helping the helpless. And that's, James says, that's a true Christianity. Taking care of those that can't take care of themselves. And realize we're all that person. We're all broken. We all have the same need. The good news is you don't have to walk out of this room a broken person without hope. That's right. Our invitation is our family saying, walk down this aisle. Be baptized in Christ. Can you think of a better way to start a brand new year? Mm. Or if you've been walking in it and you've lost your zeal or you've lost your enthusiasm, then, then come on down. We'll pray together. We'll walk this journey together. You can, you can start all over new again. Remember what Dave said? His mercies are new what? That means they're new this morning. Amen. Don't leave here without the mercy of God. If you have a need, you can come right now. While together we stand and we're going to sing a song. Amen.